Welcome to the Practical Employment Law Podcast, a podcast covering all aspects of American employment law. I'm your host, Mark Chumley. The holidays are here again, so it's time for the obligatory holiday-themed episode. I kicked around a lot of ideas this year. I considered a deep dive into the employment law implications of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. You may recall that classic claymation Christmas special that depicted a workplace rife with nepotism, bullying, and disability discrimination, assuming that a shiny red nose is a covered disability. Or how about It's a Wonderful Life? with its depiction of child labor violations at Old Man Gower's drugstore, not to mention outright assault of a minor employee. And of course, there's my personal favorite, Die Hard. As they say, it's not Christmas until Hans Gruber falls off the Nakatomi Plaza. Seriously, though, I think I've warned about the dangers of workplace holiday parties in past episodes, and Die Hard certainly makes the point. That was one rough holiday party. Ultimately, I decided against all of those ideas in favor of a look back over the past year of employment law issues I've covered and an analysis of who's been naughty and who's been nice from an employment law perspective. So here we go. First up, you may recall that back in March of this year, the NLRB ruled that common confidentiality and non-disparagement provisions and severance agreements could violate Section 7 of the National Labor Relations Act. In particular, broad provisions for confidentiality and non-disparagement that are commonly included in severance agreements may violate the Act by chilling employees' rights to discuss terms and conditions of employment. This applies to employees who are covered by the Act, most non-management employees, and violations could lead to unfair labor practice charges. In general, employers should have removed the confidentiality language, except relating to trade secrets, and edited non-disparagement language to cover only knowingly false statements. Despite this ruling, I'm continuing to see separation agreements from employers with language that would likely constitute a violation of Section 7 if the NLRB reviewed it. So employers who have not updated confidentiality and non-disparagement language in their severance agreements are on the naughty list. Sorry, but it's true. Next, let's consider non-compete agreements. I have discussed at length this year the many ways that non-compete agreements are under attack. Obviously, there's still the pending FTC rule, which would effectively ban non-competes. The final vote on that rule is not expected until April of 2024. However, several states have already passed their own laws, significantly limiting the enforceability of non-competes. California, Minnesota, Oklahoma, and North Dakota have enacted outright bans. Low-wage bans, meaning non-competes are only valid for employees earning over a statutory threshold amount, have been enacted in the District of Columbia, Colorado, Illinois, Maine, Maryland, Massachusetts, Nevada, New Hampshire, Oregon, Rhode Island, Virginia, and Washington. And those are just a few examples. So if you want to have non-compete agreements, you need to make sure that they're in compliance with all applicable laws. If you're an employer who makes it a regular practice to review your non-compete agreements for compliance and edit them accordingly, then you are on the nice list. Congratulations. Two big changes in employment law in 2023 were the Pregnant Workers Fairness Act, the PWFA, which went into effect in June, and the Providing Urgent Protections for Nursing Mothers Act, the PUMP Act, which went into effect in April. 
The PWFA requires covered employers to provide reasonable accommodations to a worker's known limitations related to pregnancy, childbirth, or related medical conditions unless the accommodation would cause the employer an undue hardship. The PUMP Act states that most employees have the right to take reasonable break time to express breast milk for their nursing child. Covered employees must be provided with a place other than a bathroom that is shielded from view and free from intrusion from coworkers and the public, which may be used by an employee to express breast milk. A bathroom, even if private, is not a permissible location for the employer to provide for pumping breast milk. Overall, I've been pleasantly surprised by how well employers have reacted to these laws. In my experience, most employers have stepped up to comply with these laws, and I've even encountered some really creative ideas for compliance with the PUMP Act. So these employers have made the nice list and can expect something in their stockings this year. Next up, let's consider pay transparency laws. There has been an increase in states requiring employers to include pay range information in job postings, as well as providing disclosure of pay rates to applicants and employees upon request. States with these laws include California, Hawaii, Illinois, New York City, Cincinnati, New York State, and Washington State, and legislation is pending in other jurisdictions, including Massachusetts, South Carolina, Tennessee, Washington, D.C., and elsewhere. These laws vary quite a bit from jurisdiction to jurisdiction and present difficulties for employers in multiple states and for those with remote workers. If you've not taken steps to familiarize yourself with these laws and to get in compliance, I'm afraid you're on the naughty list and you may find yourself on the receiving end of a lump of coal courtesy of a State Department of Labor. This year I also touched on the employment law implications of artificial intelligence. Possible issues include discrimination arising from the use of AI in hiring and promotion decisions. There are also issues with privacy and data security, security, employee monitoring, protection of intellectual property and trade secrets, ethics, and various business concerns. If your company is using AI, or if you're contracting with companies that use AI and could impact your business, like recruiting firms, you really need to consider these issues and adopt appropriate policies. If you're addressing your AI issues, you're ahead of the curve in my experience, and you make the nice list. Finally, we considered the issue of legalized marijuana this year. Although Ohio, which recently legalized recreational marijuana, is pretty favorable to employers, several other states have laws that protect those who wish to indulge in the devil's lettuce. These state laws vary, and employers have to weigh issues of compliance, workplace safety, and their ability to hire adequate staff given the prevalence of marijuana use. Employers need to take a broad look at their policies and carefully consider all of these issues. If you have not done that, you may find yourself on the naughty list. So there you have it. That's a review of the big issues I've covered this year. I will leave it to you to tally up whether you've been naughty or nice. This has been the Practical Employment Law Podcast. Thanks for listening. Please watch for future episodes wherever you get podcasts. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. If you would like to contact me about any aspect of the podcast, my email address is mchumley at kmklaw.com, and my full contact information is in the show notes. This podcast was created for general informational purposes only and does not constitute legal advice or a solicitation to provide legal services. Although we attempt to ensure that the podcast is complete, accurate, and up-to-date, 
we assume no responsibility for its completeness, accuracy, or timeliness. The information in this podcast is not intended to create, and listening to it does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. Listeners should not act upon this information without seeking professional legal counsel.